0: DELUSIONS OF GRANDEUR
1: Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of DELUSIONS OF GRANDEUR. Been a of it
2: for a little while, everybody gets DELUSIONS OF GRANDEUR.
1: My name is Marshall Latham.
3: Oh, hey, I'm here too. I'm Rish Outfield. And this is the Star Wars delusions of of grandeur grandeur. podcast
1: we're here to to bring you some more i guess exclusive content here that rish has written another was it a story or a sketch what what do we have here today to present to the listeners
3: yeah this one is a sketch i i guess you could say audio drama but i don't think so it's 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 more more just a sketch and it's something that i wrote for our show, and uh, you were kind enough to run it. And so, what do we do?
1: Yeah, I thought it was a, it was a great idea. So, yeah, I don't know if we need too much setup. This is uh, the adventures of Emperor Palpatine when he was just getting his start, when he was just a little boy. Thus, the title of the story, The Boy Who Would Be Emperor. Probably the best thing to do is to just play this for everybody, let them listen to it, and then we can talk about it after they've heard it.
0: And now it's time for
4: The Boy Who Would Be Emperor by Rish Outfield, Episode 1, Introductions. Welcome to my domain. My young apprentice. Good
2: day, sir.
4: My name is Steve. You shall address me at all times as master or my lord. Is that understood? Yes, master.
2: My name is...
4: I am quite aware of your name, Steve. I... I'm the great Darth Plagueis, Prince of the Dark Side of the Force, sometimes known as Darth Plagueis the Wise.
2: Do you know why you're here? My family could no longer afford to feed me, so they saw your advertisement seeking a student and decided... Yes or no will
4: quite suffice, boy. Oh, then yes. Your parents brought you here, left you in my care, and fled back to their impoverished world without so much as a fare-thee-well to you. They did
2: say goodbye
4: before they... You dare contradict me? Oh no, sir. You will say, no, my lord, or no, my master. No,
2: my master.
4: You dare say no to me? Ah,
2: sorry, my lord.
4: Never mind that. I've long been in search of an apprentice. What have you heard about the dark side of the force?
2: Oh, scary things, my lord. Things that couldn't possibly be. Things I am quite sure are true, boy.
4: Only by embracing the worst within you can you become powerful enough to be feared across the galaxy. How does that sound, Steve? Quite
2: nice, Master. N- nice? Oh, yes. It sounds rather enjoyable, actually. Enjoyable? Uh, uh, fun, uh, my lord. Fun? The- dark side of the force is not fun? Uh, No, um, I heard you could make things move with your mind, cut things up with your sabre, burn insects and worms with electric bolts from your fingers.
4: Yes, yes, all in good time. But I have two questions for you before I accept you as my apprentice.
2: But my parents have already gone, so... Question
4: one. Your parents tossed you aside today without regret or consideration to your future. How does that make you feel?
2: Well, we were quite poor. It was either this or being sold into slavery as rancor monster food or as a roustabout in the galactic circus. They were only doing the best they could under the circumstances.
4: Nonsense. They had no need of you, Steve, and they were eager to be rid of you. Is that not so? Well, I
2: suppose you could look at it that way.
4: I do look at it that way. How does that make you feel?
2: Uh, Er... Sad, I guess. A little bit melancholy. A Sith
4: Lord is not sad.
2: What's a Sith Lord, Master
4: Plagueis? What? We are. I am a Sith Lord. That's what you'll be trained as, if I accept you.
2: Well, I much prefer the term Dark Jedi myself. Are you disagreeing with me? No, my lord. Did you just tell me no? Sith Lord, yes, I understand. Your
4: parents rejected you.
2: Left a little boy in
4: the care
2: of an ugly old man who probably... You're not that ugly, sir. I I think you have a kind of charming old-fashionedness about you. You
4: dare argue with me?
2: You are extremely ugly, my lord. My appetite is quite gone. Good, good.
4: Now, how do you feel being abandoned by your parents?
2: Uh, Upset, sir?
4: Angry? Yes. Filled with hate? Oh,
2: I wouldn't go that far.
4: But you must. Your hate makes you powerful. Anger gives you
2: strength. Feel it. Embrace it. But yes, I am angry. I do feel it.
4: Laugh with me. (laughs) Good. Good. (laughs) Quite impressive. My second question. Stop laughing. My second question is, are you evil? What? Are you evil?
2: Well, I...
4: The Sith are evil, filled with dark energies, a twisted reinterpretation of the Force's light.
2: Really? I was taught that moral absolutes do not exist, that all men proceed from an intention to do what is right for them, And one man's evil is another man's...
4: Are you evil enough to wield the power of the dark side, Steve? I... I think I am, yes. Do you feel hatred for your faithless parents?
2: Well, I am a bit bitter when you put it that way.
4: Good,
2: good. Keep
4: hold of that feeling. Stoke it like a bonfire in your heart. Never let it go out. Use it as a forge to strengthen your resolve, and let the dark side find purchase in your
2: soul. Why, yes. I feel it now. It does make me feel powerful. (laughs) Ha! Ha!
4: Ha! Excellent, my young apprentice. Well, I like what it does to your voice. To your humble demeanour.
2: Why, thank you, my lord.
4: Evil, remember. Not gratitude, but nastiness. Malice, wrath, murderous intent. Feel it, Steve.
2: Uh, or do you prefer Stephen? Well, I- actually, my lord, my name is Sheev, with an H. Sheev. You dare contradict me? Yes, my name is Sheev. Sheev, not Steve. Who ever heard of a dark Jedi named Steve?
4: Ah, I really felt the hatred that time, boy. I think I can work with that. In time You will think only of me as your parent, your teacher,
2: the master
4: of your very life.
2: And can I learn to cloud people's minds and choke them from across a room? In time,
4: if you are vigilant.
2: And to call objects to my hand and do flips and such? Well, yes, probably. Goodie, goodie. Oh, I'm so happy to learn that.
4: Happy? A Sith Lord is not happy. Well, cheerful then. No! Never cheerful. Angry, bitter, seething with barely controlled rage.
2: Yes, Master. And may I have a lightsaber?
4: Of course. A red
2: lightsaber. Oh grand! This is like my birthday all over again! You're sounding happy again, Steve? Yes, jolly good. I'd like to thank my parents in a letter, if I may. Thank them? Not kill them? Oh, oh yes. Kill them, most certainly.
4: Good, good. Stoke those flames, boy. Think of your parents whenever you waver in your dedication to the wickedness of the dark side. (laughs) My parents,
2: oh, I miss them already.
4: You really are the worst student ever, Sheev Palpatine.
1: So there you go. There's the the boy who would be Emperor. And, uh, I don't know. I When you first told me the concept for this story, I thought it was great that we'd have Darth Plagueis as this evil Sith guy trying to teach his new I don't know what you call it. Is it a Sith Padawan or is it something else? But trying to teach this new pupil how to be an evil Sith. And, uh, But we just kind of have this young Emperor Palpatine, or not even Emperor at that point, just a a little Force user, (laughs) learning the ways and not quite understanding what it means to be an evil Sith Lord. And then uh, after listening to it, after you had done it, um, yeah, I thought you did a great job. It was pretty funny in a lot of spots, and I thought the characterization was good. This is something we've never seen. (laughs) You'd never expect... Emperor Palpatine to be, not misguided, but just so innocent, and uh, kind of happy with the way things are, and uh, I I thought it was a lot of fun.
3: Well, good, good. I I hope that it was fun. It's um, it was intended to be the first installment in a hopefully humorous series of these uh, childhood lessons being taught by Palpatine's master. And you know how I am usually with my own writing. I try to avoid referencing the prequels and I try to uh, just base things on the original trilogy because that's where my love lies was during this time. But you can't really delve into the past of the Emperor without drawing from those prequels. Right. Because that character... I mean, yeah, I guess he technically appears in Empire Strikes Back and technically his origin is explained in the novelization of Star Wars. But most people would only know him from Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And we get no backstory. In fact, he's not even given the name Palpatine in that movie. Right. He's just the Emperor. And so, yes, it did necessitate calling him sheave palpatine <laughs> which is apparently a really modern addition to the mythology
1: yeah it is. like
3: like that's within the last few years he was given the first name Sheev. yeah i want to say that it first showed up in the tarkin book the james luceno book
1: mm, i think it came before that oh really yeah because i remember people making a big deal out of it how stupid that name was and then when you had first told me about uh, your concept for the story, I think I said, make sure to make fun of his name being oh, so. chief, but I don't know if that's why you put that in there or not.
3: So we have you to blame for that if they didn't like that. <laughs> but also, his master, Darth Plagueis the Wise, is it Plagueis or Plagis?
1: I think it's Hard G, Plagueis, I think.
3: You know, that was from. Revenge of the Sith during that one scene that's so good. Yeah. You know, I I saw that opening night in 2005 and I leaned over to my buddy during that scene and I was like, holy crap, this is the best scene that's been in any of these movies. So even at the moment, I recognized that this was a scene with elevated acting and writing and pacing and didn't feel like it was out of these same movies. And And you kind of get to see what Ian McDiarmid can do in that scene where he's uh, I guess seducing Anakin he's he's giving him rope, hoping that Anakin will tie himself up in that rope.
1: Yeah, well, I'm just trying to dig in his nails into to Anakin dragging him in. I mean, not to talk too much about Revenge of the Sith, but after the whole rescue the Chancellor kind of thing. I really, really, really liked everything that was going on in Revenge of the Sith, right up until the point where Anakin becomes Vader. And then then it starts to fall apart. But everything with Palpatine and and Anakin, everything with the Jedi Council and Obi-Wan and everything going on, and the lead-up to arresting palpatine i thought was just really really good stuff especially that scene with uh, ian McDermott trying to seduce anakin in the opera or whatever it was but yeah uh, darth plagueis was it, it was taken out of canon you know when they made all the former eu books star wars books legacy books and said there was a new canon with the new movies and everything, and a lot of people were upset that Darth Plagueis was being taken out of it.
3: Did you read that Darth Plagueis book?
1: I, d- I have. Was that read also that.
3: James Luceno that wrote that?
1: I think it was James Luceno. Yeah,
3: he's good. He is. I've I've really enjoyed the books that I've read of his. I think I've got a a list of them right here. Just
1: yeah. In fact, I've heard a couple people. They say it wouldn't hurt, even though it's already been in a book. To just put that into a movie, you know, they're going to do older stuff in the movies, have Darth Plagueis involved, and even have plot elements right out of the book in, in the movie. I haven't read it to, to know if, if that's true or not.
3: It seems like the cover of the Darth Plagueis novel is young or youngish Palpatine with his dark master, and... Uh... He also wrote Tarkin. He also wrote Catalyst, that Rogue One prequel book that we talked about. Right. He wrote Labyrinth of Evil and Dark Lord, The Rise of Darth Vader. I remember seeing that Rise of Darth Vader book and being tempted to read it. Hmm. He wrote a prequel to Phantom Menace called Cloak of Deception that was about... Oh, I've
1: I've read that one. Chancellor
3: Valorum, I want to say.
1: That was his name. Yeah, and there's a lot of Palpatine in that one too. I've read that one actually.
3: Is it about their relationship or friendship of Yeah. Of Palpatine setting him up for a fall.
1: And all the political maneuverings that Palpatine was doing behind the scenes and you get to know his is it Mati not not Motti. Oh, I can't remember the name of his like major domo guy. We talked about him in a previous episode, I think.
3: The one with the blue skin.
1: Yeah. But anyway, there was a lot of that going on. Then there was, I think at that point it was still Qui-Gon, right? Qui-Gon and And Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan, yeah.
3: Well, anyway, if anybody out there has read the Plagueis book, uh, it was from 2012 and recommends that we read it as well, I, I would be happy to check it out. The first edition has become pretty valuable. If you ever find Tarkin or Darth Plagueis, those two books, at like a used bookstore, scoop them up. Hmm. But uh, I don't have it.
1: Now, would it ruin your inspiration for further The Boy Who Would Be Emperor installments?
3: Well, I, I, I mean, I haven't read that, and I don't think that I would feel obligated to follow whatever is established in that. That's true. Because, you know, my silliness of... Palpatine's parents brought him there and just <laughs> dropped him off and took off or whatever. I'm sure that is not what actually was supposed to have happened, but it's just the scenario that I wanted for the situation where you know it's almost like he's dropped off at boarding school. And it's like bye mommy, bye daddy, but it's a a a school for the dark side of the force. And uh, if I ever do more installments it would be fun to just try and come up with lessons that Plagueis would would have. Uh, you know, today's lesson is focusing our anger. <laughs> and he's like, look at this apple. Don't you hate that apple? He's like, oh, I love apples. No, you hate the apple. <laughs> focus. <laughs> and his stomach starts rumbling, and he's like, focus on the apple. It makes you angry. Your hate, you know, swells within you. So, yeah, just absurd stuff like that. Seems like it would be fun. And it's one of the only ways that I can just let my hair down with Star Wars fandom. Because I I do admit that I take it a little too seriously. It is something that's really dear to me. You know, the Star Wars universe and the characters and the music. And and just, I, I... I think about it all the time. I can't wait to get together with somebody who likes it and talk about little things because there's a million things you can talk about. And But because of that, you know, I'm too precious with it sometimes. And it's just like, hey, 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 you can't use that word. That's our word. <laughs> yeah. But this is one of the times where it's just like, yeah, it's okay. I, I'm, I'm trying to be funny. Whether I succeed or not, eh. But still... I don't feel the immense pressure of continuity and, you know, history and all that stuff with this. With other stuff, other writing that you and I are doing for this show, uh, yeah, I will try a little bit harder to bring that in line with what we know about the actual characters and the world.
1: I think your uh, audio effect worked pretty well for the Young Emperor you uh sent me that little snippet where you were practicing with the helium i was like i don't know if it works or it doesn't it's kind of hard to tell in a longer story you know over time is it going to work but i thought it it sounded really good with the whole story put together
3: well it wasn't consistent i discovered that in the editing you know when you first suck on the helium your voice is it was howl, on the world that talks and am not slowly slow it down, and, you know, kind of thing. And, and obviously I'm not actually doing helium, but that's an artificial way of doing that with my voice. But again, because it's just silliness, it's just sketches. I don't feel, you know, like it has to be perfect. And we talked about this. What I initially had done was just my regular emperor voice. You know, your hate has made you powerful. Now, and then I pitched it up thinking that it would sound like a child who still spoke in the emperor's voice but that didn't work at all it sounded really strange and like whispery and hissy because i guess what i'm doing with that voice is an old man voice and even if you pitch up an old man voice it still sounds you know strained and reedy it sounds like an old man, a high-pitched old man, I guess. And so, yeah, luckily it was my nephew's birthday and there were helium balloons <laughs> and I took one and I, I, I did that. And so I guess, yeah, the next time I do one of these, I'll have to procure a helium balloon. So yeah. hopefully people can support you on Patreon to pay the, what, 50 cents that it costs <laughs> for a helium balloon for the next one of these. Um, But you had said before we started recording that uh, let's talk a little bit about the Emperor and our feelings about the Emperor and uh, Uh the Empire Strikes Back, you know, the first time that we saw the Emperor. Maybe not everybody knows this, but I'm assuming that you know how they did the Emperor in the Empire Strikes Back.
1: Yeah, didn't they use like the negative of the film or they transposed a couple different actors on there something like that wasn't
3: it well i don't know about the negative of the film but that may be something that they do for the holograms or for that particular hologram so that it looks wrong like
1: the eyes are upside down or something like that aren't
3: they but marjorie eaton played the emperor and she was an 89 year old actress and then they superimposed chimpanzee eyes over her eyes. Okay, that's what it was. And then they had Clive Revel dub his voice over hers. So we were seeing a woman with some kind of weird eyes and hearing a man's voice. So it was supposed to be unsettling and wrong. And I and I, I just I'm trying to remember how I felt about it the first time I saw it, because I saw Jedi first. I knew what the Emperor looked like, I knew what the Emperor sounded like. Yeah, I may even have had an action figure of the Emperor by then. I'm sure I had trading cards. And so to see the earlier version, it might have been a little jarring. But, you know, they're obviously supposed to be the same character. They went to the effort of giving him a hood. And you don't see clearly the face.
1: But can you see the original Emperor in, in uh, Empire Strikes Back anymore?
3: No, that's that has been replaced in when the the DVDs came out and I want to say that that's 2004 Clive Revel's performance with the the the, the original 1980 version was replaced by Ian McDmood in his Revenge of the Sith makeup while they were shooting Revenge of the Sith oh. uh, Lucas redid that sequence huh. and they changed a couple lines of dialogue and I never that never sat right for me because of the choice of words that they... Used. So so it used to be, there's a great disturbance in the force. I have felt it, my master. We have a new enemy, Luke Skywalker. Uh, and then I think Vader says, he's just a boy. Obi-Wan can no longer help him. Yeah. Uh, and, and in the, the DVD version, and now it's the Blu-ray version as well, the Emperor says, we have a new enemy, the young pilot that destroyed the Death Star. Hmm. I have no doubt that this is the offspring of Anakin Skywalker. So, as Lucas is wont to do with these special edition things, he took two sentences and made like nine of them out of it. (laughs) But then Vader says, how is this possible? And the Emperor says, search your feelings, Lord Vader. And then I think we go back to uh, the original dialogue where he's just a boy, Obi-Wan can no longer help him. He could destroy us. Uh, if he could be turned, he would be a great oh, asset. A
1: powerful ally. He
3: would be a powerful ally, something like that. Can it be done? But it, it never worked for me that Vader would say, How is this possible? Because by this point in Empire Strikes Back, he knows darn well who this kid is.
1: Right.
3: It says in the opening crawl that Vader is obsessed with finding young Skywalker. And he says, you know, the, the rebels are there and Skywalker is with them at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. And so you sort of backtrack. And I've had people explain to me, or their theory, that Vader is pretending that he doesn't know about Luke at this point to his master. That he's got his own... Side quest going on a gig outside of the purview of the emperor, yeah. which is I'm going to recruit my boy, turn him to the dark side, and then we're going to depose the emperor and rule the galaxy as father and son. And I I totally believe that that was Vader's aim in Empire Strikes Back.
1: Yeah, totally. But
3: I still just don't like the new lines. That's just that. Uh, that's just me. But I'm also. Set in my ways, and I like the way that it was when I was a boy, despite it being a different actor. Like in that same special edition, Vader's line, bring my shuttle. That's like three words has been changed to alert my Star Destroyer to prepare for my arrival. (laughs) And to me, that's just so indicative of the things that Lucas did (laughs) between the first trilogy and the second trilogy you know, never say in three words what it could take a dozen words to say.
1: Right. Well, it's just so unnecessary. Yeah.
3: But, you know, that's just me. And you and I have lived in a world where the special edition is the status quo longer than the original version was. Right. So, it's...
1: uh... (laughs) And in general, I don't... I didn't mind the... uh empire strikes back special edition you know i i thought a lot of stuff that was added was more subtle and didn't interfere with the story as much as like star wars did the a lot of the special editions in that one but now that you're bringing up some of these minor details I, i can see where yeah he is fussing with a probably a little too much
3: To each their own. Yeah. Because there are little things that bother me that don't bother other people. And then there are little things that bother other people uh, that have never bothered me. And here's one. For years, people would talk about, they would complain about the Emperor's slugs. And I don't know if you even know what I'm talking about. I don't. But when I was a boy and the only way to see Star Wars was on VHS... Because of the video rate, the playback rate on video being different than the playback, of course, is on film or later would be on DVD or Blu-ray or uh, digital or Laserdisc if I really want to date myself. (laughs) You could see these artifacts that had been added to the film. I guess you could see the lighting mechanism to make the Emperor's face Glow or his eyes glow in the way that they did, and the solution that ILM came up with was, well, we will digital, not digitally, we will physically paint out the lights. But when you watched it on video, you could see like moving black shadows inside the emperor's hood. Do you have any memory of this? Do you remember I don't, seeing no, this as no, a kid is, or having people this point this out as a kid? And, and I guess that really bothered certain people where they're just like, what is that? And those that were old enough realized that it was some kind of artifact, that it was animation, that it was a poor special effect. And that detracted from their enjoyment of those scenes, those close-ups on the Emperor's face. Whereas, you know, other people told me, well, I always just assumed that he was some kind of alien and that there was something alive inside the hood with him. And and I thought, oh, that's really interesting too. I never felt like the Emperor was an alien. I always felt like he was just an insanely old man who should have died decades ago, but the dark side kept him alive. What was your feeling of of the Emperor before you ever found out that he was once Senator Palpatine and all that?
1: Basically, like, like we started out talking about, you know, the, the Emperor that we know is mainly from Return of the Jedi. You know, even though I saw Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back first, when I think of the Emperor, I think of Ian McDiarmid in Return of the Jedi. And yeah, I just see him as pure evil. I mean, the way he he looks, and the way he talks, and just just his mean-spiritedness, and his revelry, and Luke's suffering, and everybody's suffering, and... Just, you know, he finds it humorous and funny and just treats everybody with disdain. Superiority. I mean, I just, <laughs> a really just the embodiment of pure evil in uh, that performance of Ian McDormand in uh, Return of the Jedi. People say that Darth Vader is the embodiment of evil, and I get where they get that. I mean, he's very imposing and he, he brings fear. He, he's definitely a, a true villain, but... When you think of the Emperor, casts an even darker shadow, even over Darth Vader, as this evil presence, and that's 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 who he is.
3: <laughs> well, I, I, I know we're not going to talk about this until the next episode. But if people wanted to go out and read some of these Marvel comic books, we've got an exploration of the relationship between the Emperor and Vader once Disney took over and Disney owns Marvel and Marvel started doing the Star Wars comics, somebody got it into their heads of let's do a Vader series. And a lot of the content in this Vader series is let's look at who Vader is when he's not around Luke or, you know, or our our heroes. Who is he when he's on his own, when he's the protagonist? And then, Let's look at the relationship between Vader and Palpatine and what might that be like. We've talked about it before of just, you know, their relationship and how the Empire ran or might have ran. And I explored it, my own opinion of it in that Princess Leia story. But I still want to write those, those kind of things where you get to see just, you know, sort of how the Empire works before the Rebels come along to blow things up. Right. And I don't think we've gotten anything like that except for tiny little glimpses in Rogue One. But, you know, the Rebel Alliance is already going strong in Re- in Rogue One, uh, and the Emperor is no part of that. And it, it could have been in Solo, because the Emperor and Vader are both out there, right? In Solo. Sure, yeah but we didn't get any glimpses of those two there. In the Clone Wars cartoon, do you remember there being scenes with Anakin and Palpatine? I guess this is pre-Vader, pre-Emperor Palpatine in the Clone Wars. But that show took its time exploring the relationships of everybody, right?
1: Yeah, it did. And it didn't focus on them extensively. But yeah, there were definitely scenes with, Anakin and the Emperor or the Chancellor at the time. And a little bit more of that those types of scenes where the things that Palpatine is saying, you you know the connection behind it and you know what he's trying to do with Anakin. But uh, and then typically done very well.
3: And see, all of those shows were written after Revenge of the Sith had happened. So they knew where things were going to go eventually. Do they proceed with the idea that the audience knows that Palpatine is evil and that he's trying to corrupt Anakin? Or are they holding that back as like a reveal in the movie? Yeah, it's
1: it's meant to be known that, that he's, he's going to be the Emperor and have that relationship with Anakin in the future.
3: Okay, and where does... Dooku fall into and what's her name? Asajj Ventress. It seems like there might be another like bad guy that works for Palpatine in the cartoon. Is, is there somebody I'm forgetting?
1: No, not really. With direct experience, I mean the. It's pretty much the Emperor and Dooku. Do- and then Dooku and Asajj Ventress. Do- <laughs>
3: Oh, that Asajj Ventress is Dooku's apprentice, not another apprentice of Palpatine.
1: Yeah, for the most part. And then, of course, you have uh, Savage Opress, who is the brother, or the not the literal brother, but the kinship with Darth Maul. So you have those two also that are kind of on the dark side. But none of those... Well, we talked about it when we talked about Clone Wars years ago, but there is an episode where emperor palpatine comes to fight Savage press and darth maul
3: and that's and this is cool. before he's been injured or whatever you call it so this is him at like the height of his ability yes is general grievous is is he force sensitive does he have training of, you know we see him with a lightsaber in that movie but i don't know
1: with four lightsabers
3: Okay, but I'm assume, and I think he killed the Jedi that those belonged to?
1: Yeah, yeah. Do we see that stuff the,
3: in the Clone in Wars? Do we see him kill those Jedi?
1: Yeah, we, I think at least, I know one for sure, we see him kill one of the Jedi in Clone Wars. But again, he, he kind of answers to, to Dooku as well. He doesn't have any direct interaction with Palpatine. Okay.
3: Okay. <laughs> Well, I guess I, I still have more to learn.
1: So I guess in, in in terms of Star Wars figures, is there a good Emperor Palpatine from Return of the Jedi?
3: Oh boy, good is uh is relative. You know, there was that very first mail-away figure. If you if you sent in five proofs of purchase back in nineteen eighty-three, <laughs> you could get a free emperor figure then. Uh and there's been various three and three quarter inch ones over the years. But now I'm into the six inch figures and they they did release an emperor, but it was not good. Hmm. And there are other companies that do six inch figures. Uh, They're usually Japanese companies, but I found out that there's something about Japanese culture where they they tend to shy away from releasing toys or figures of villains. They're Hmm. much more, you know, good guy centric, which is strange, but that's how they are. And so I don't think anybody has done an an Emperor except for Hasbro, uh, which was pretty pitiful. Sideshow Collectibles did like a 12-inch figure that was really, really cool, but it's just too big and it was too expensive. I ended up, I did buy it like when it first came out, but I ended up selling it because, you know, they wanted you to get a throne too, and I understand that. (laughs) But, you know, next year is Empire's 10th, 20th, how many years
1: 40th 40th anniversary
3: 40th anniversary and i was going to say well maybe they'll make a good emperor for that but no that's he doesn't show up until return of the jedi i mean unless they want to go with the uh, special edition and do a hologram emperor for the oh there you go 40th anniversary and that might work especially if it could like light up and stuff but they are doing an interesting thing where uh they're going to do vintage packaging so that they look like the original figures from nineteen eighty. Um, but they're going to be a bunch of fortieth anniversary six inch figures. And Hasbro did a poll where you could vote uh, for Wasp Woman. Oddly enough, it was it was ironic, really.
1: <laughs> Wasp Woman.
3: No, where you could vote. I think that they gave what was it? You know, seven or eight options. And then whatever one they would make a figure of as like their fan's choice figure. And they have done some interesting stuff with the fan's choice figures. Uh, A lot of people complained that this one was rigged because we live in a time of rigging. Sure. But the last fan's choice figure was Han and Leia's daughter, Jaina Solo. Oh, And she, you know, she doesn't even exist in continuity anymore. She is a Legends character. Right. But she got enough votes that that Hasbro went ahead and made a figure of her. Interesting. But here are the the ones that you could vote for this year for uh, all Empire Strikes Back characters. So Lobot, (laughs) 2-1-B, the medical droid. Sure. Hoth, Rebel Soldier. So like the ones out on the battlefield with the rifles and... Wilro Hood, <laughs> yes, Cloud City ice cream maker man, Wedge Antilles uh, in the Snowspeeder uh, uniform, pilot uniform. Uh, and they've not done a Wedge, which is surprising. And it seems like it would be really easy because you could just reuse most of L- Luke's figure, right? in the X-Wing pilot, and just give it a different head. But they've not done that because they don't like money. Apparently. Same reason they haven't made Ewok figures. Somebody at Hasbro just hates money. Number six is Princess Leia in her Bespin gown. Do you remember the Bespin gown?
1: Yeah. That'd be a good
3: one. You truly belong with us here among the clouds. Luke Skywalker in uh, the Dagobah training outfit. You know, with a short sleeve or I guess it's a t-shirt and The backpack and... You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Number eight is Ugnaught. (laughs) (laughs) Number nine is Imperial Probe Droid. Oh,
1: I would like that. That would be awesome. Yeah, I
3: would too. And then number 10 was FX7, the other medical droid, the one with the uh, multiple arms, like, I don't know, a dozen arms. Huh. I might recognize it if I
1: see it, but I can't picture it right now.
3: Yeah, he does less than 2-1-B. 2-1-B actually had lines in Empire. Yeah. But if you could pick one of those ten, what would it be? Ooh, one of those ten. Because that's how it was. You could only vote for one.
1: I'd probably go for the Imperial Probe Droid.
3: Yeah, it seems like that would be really fun. I thought it would be cool to have a Hoth Rebel Soldier just because I'm into Hoth. I like the Adat and the Scout Walker. Yeah. Well, yeah, those would be I'd, cool. Snowtroopers. I would like them to have to put out like those. Do you remember the big guns that the Snowtroopers had that they were trying to blast the Falcon with, and then the the Alliance guys they had like these really cool guns that shot ineffectually at the Adat. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> what I would really like is a Darth Vader figure with half of his mask off, with Luke's head behind it, from the cave. Oh,
3: you know, they've never done that. Yeah, what would you call that? Like, cave vision Darth Vader.
1: Yeah. Magic tree Darth Vader.
3: And yeah, I imagine that that would be fairly cheap, too. You just reissue the regular Vader with, like, three or four different little pieces on it. Yeah. But anyway, the winner of the fan vote was Luke Skywalker in his Dagobah outfit. And that's why people were upset and saying that it was rigged was because they were going to do that anyway. Right. Of course, you're going to do Luke Skywalker in your series of of Star Wars figures, but uh, the the results were as follows: Luke Skywalker number one, Wedge Antilles two two one B three, okay. Lobot four, Will Row Hood five, and I'm sure that's just people joking. Yeah. We voted for Wilrow Hood. Ha ha ha. Oh, so did I. Ha ha. Next <laughs> one, number six, Probe Droid, the Imperial Probe okay. Droid. Uh, number seven, Princess Leia in her Bespin outfit. Number eight, Hoth Rebel Soldier. That's the one I would have voted for. Number nine, FX7, the medical droid. And then number 10, with only 2.6% of the votes, Ugnot.
1: But they should do all of those anyway, right? Like you said. <laughs> I Well, I wouldn't probably get an odd knot, but a collector would.
3: Yeah, I'm trying to remember how many figures they put out for the Star Wars 40th anniversary. And I want to say it was a dozen.
1: Well, wasn't one of um, those the wet hair Luke from the garbage disposal thing?
3: No, that one still hasn't come out. That's going to be a Target exclusive this year. Oh, okay, that's where I saw that. It was basically them just putting out all of the original however many figures there were either eight or 10 in 1978 when Kenner first put out figures these were the original batch okay and so it was like Luke and old Ben and Vader R2 and 3PO Han Leia Chewie Death Squad Commander which they ended up changing the name to Death Star Commander Mm. like uh, Jawa Tusken Raider and I think that's it those were the original figures.
1: No Dr. Evason and Pondababa.: Nope.
3: Pondababa was released that year uh, as Walrus Man. Dr. Evason had to wait until like 1996, 97 before oh, okay. he ever got a figure. But yeah, we're still waiting on that uh, Grand Moff Tarkin too. It just amazes me that the main villain in that movie never got a figure.
1: But. Wow, that is amazing. That, and Wedge. I would have thought they would have done a Wedge by now too.
3: Well, they did do wedges in the 90s, oh, okay. but in the original run, no, there was never a wedge. But anyhow, I'm, I'm a big Star Wars collector of the... Of, well, I'm more of a fan of the figures from the sidelines, you know? I don't tend to buy a lot of them. I have an Emperor's Royal Guard, I have an R2, I have Boba Fett, I got Bosk, yay! <laughs> I got a Snow Trooper, but... Yeah, I mean I I have I think less than 10 of those figures. Oh. But Big Anklevich is is really into them and we talk about it all the time and he's sort of gotten into it now and and once you pop, you can't stop.
1: <laughs> I'm kind of looking at maybe collecting the droids cuz I already have, you know, some of the R2-D2, not, not all Black Series, of course, but Remote Control R2-D2 and the little Sphero BB-8. And a couple so I did go buy the... You got
3: the Sphero one. I did, yeah. I always wanted it, but I heard you had to have an app on your phone... You do. ...to get him to drive around. Yep. And then it, your phone made the sound, not the toy. Is that right?
1: That's correct, yeah.
3: They made a Sphero of the evil BB-8 from Last Jedi... And my cousin really, really wanted that. <laughs> I used to remember his name. Was it like BB-9E?
1: Something like that, yeah.
3: Yeah, I never bit on the Sphero.
1: Yeah, I was tempted to get that, but they're, they're pretty expensive. So I figured I was already spoiled getting the BB-8. I didn't need to get the Imperial one. But, but yeah, so I did, I did purchase a K2SO Black Series figure.
3: Yeah, and the Black Series, in case people don't know, those are a six-inch scale figures. So the same as, like, Marvel Legends, DC Universe Classics, it's sort of become the collector's scale of action figures.
1: I don't know, I was looking at the IG-88 and the 4 <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to get those or not. I was even looking at an L3-37 figure from Solo.
3: I can't help you, I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs>
1: We'll see how deep I get, but, but that's pretty fun with the pole thing they did for the Empire Strikes Back. So that's why I was going for the probe droid as well, because that would fit right into my uh, droid collection.
3: Well, for the Last Jedi releases, they did a two-pack of Darth Vader and the Imperial probe droid in the little scale, the you know three and three-quarter inch. Yeah. And I did buy that because I also really like the probe droid, plus it's Hoth. You know, I live in a place where there's snow all the not all the time, but half the year, and it just would be so easy to have the back deck be hoth. <laughs> that
1: would be pretty cool.
3: One year, the kids were making snowmen and stuff, and I came out with like my little Adat, and you know, I have the the what do you call them? The Hot Wheels size. Oh, okay. Scout Walker and and Adat, you know, they cost like four bucks, and I put them in the snowman. I don't know. There, there's something about the snow vehicles in snow that sort of lights my imagination on fire.
1: You <laughs> didn't dig a trench and put little guys in there, and little rebel guys in there.
3: If they made them, I would definitely. Yes. <laughs>
1: You'd have to get a lot of them. though.
3: Yeah. We'll, we'll talk a little bit in the next episode about a couple more droids. You're going to want to add to your collection.
1: Oh, definitely.
3: Yeah. That's a teaser for that episode. But hopefully we will be back soon, and uh, if people like this show, they will not have to wait too long.
4: Excellent. Wipe them out, all of them.
1: So yeah, I guess we kind of got away from uh, Emperor Palpatine a little bit, but I think we've pretty much said everything we wanted to say about the Emperor.
3: Well, I hope not, because I would like to do more installments of the boy who would be Emperor, so...
1: Oh, for sure. If it was up to me, I'd say go for it. So, And it is, I guess. It's up to both of us. So, <laughs> Even if the ratings are down. I think everybody will like it, though. It's a, it's a fun story. So. If you liked it, let Rish know that you liked the story, what you liked about it, that kind of thing. If you have any other thoughts about Emperor Palpatine, send us an email over at journeyintopodcast at gmail.com. Comment on the Patreon or comment on the, the blog site. And if you'd like to... Here, some of Rish's test footage for putting the the helium-voiced Palpatine out there. You can donate a dollar on the Patreon page and see some of the -the behind-the-scenes things that we uh, have put up there. And I think that's that's all the plugging I can do, I think, too.
3: Well, that's fine, because we still have more to say.
1: (laughs) Next time on Delusions of Grand. as always, may the Force be with you. Good night.
4: Good night. Ah, Lord Vader, the podcast has ended and we'll attempt to sell it as our own within the
3: hour. By my estimation, we...
0: Perhaps you haven't been paying attention, Admiral. The Delusions of Grandeur podcast is produced under a Creative Commons 3.0 No Derivatives license.
4: Uh, My lord, uh, there
3: are so many licenses. This could be public domain. It could be unattributed.
4: No,
0: Admiral. The license allows the user to download it, copy it, and share it with others, as long as the original attribution is included.
4: Very well. But we're still going to charge for it.
3: My men want proof, not leads.
4: You're as greedy as you are,
0: stupid. The files can only be distributed free of charge, as is said at the end of every episode. But
4: nobody really listens to the end, do they? I...
0: You have failed me for the last time, Admiral. Captain Latham, have the podcast readied for its next deployment,
3: and prepare the files so that no episodes
0: get out of the drop You are in command now, Admiral Latham.
1: Thank you, sir. Was there any other setup that you wanted to do?
3: I don't think so. I don't know. Did we even introduce ourselves?
1: (laughs) Nope.